One thing that we know um, is so important in this ministry is uh, is keeping the DNA pure, and we know that the, the key to the DNA is the guides. All our regional directors around the country, you know, they spend most of their time thinking about how to build up their guides and, and kind of equip them. And and guides are also under attack, a lot of attack too. And so there's, you know, we got to pay attention to that and and make sure guys are praying for each other and, and helping each other. So um, David Walton and I were talking about some way to kind of just do an ongoing. We're, we a lot of our attention's here in Northwest Arkansas because this is where we are. Um, but anything we're doing here applies to the rest of the country too. So we want to offer, use technology the best we can to kind of offer it out to other people around the country. So that's why we're doing the Zoom as well. So, um, so we thought we would just kind of call them a guide forum and just do it once a month and we'll, do, we'll just see how it goes. Um, and we just thought we'd have a topic for each and, I, and Rocky uh, agreed to be here as often as he can and, and pouring things that he knows. And uh, we'll, we'll just all collectively as guides share wisdom and what the Holy Spirit's showing us. But speaking of the Holy Spirit, that was our topic for today is, is uh, we, we, I would say one of the DNA uh, attributes is of a journey group is being Holy Spirit led, being led by the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I think that's what we're hoping happens with somebody who goes through the journey is they start abiding in Christ, as you guys know, so that they can start uh, being transformed from the inside out so that they can get hindrances out of the way so the Holy Spirit can enable your spiritual gifts and then start they start living this spirit-led life. That's really the goal, one of the goals of the journey, I would say, when you, when you guys think. So, uh, so in that vein, as a guide, we have to model it. And so, uh, so we're talking about leading, be, what does it mean to be a Holy Spirit-led guide of a journey? So, so I'm going to, um, I'm just going to start with that question, and I'm going to let Rocky kind of weigh in, and we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. These, these are going to be very informal. This, is, this isn't a training session. This is just a roundtable discussion. So you guys can jump in at any point, and we hope it'll foster questions and all that. And even if you have a question that's off topic, fine. anything that will help you guys as guides, we just want to make ourselves available once a month. To, to see if we can help. So, so I want you to start with your answer to that question. Yeah. How do you, how do can you be a Holy Spirit like God? Well, here's here's what I truly believe with all my heart, and that is whether we're a guide or a staff or board, global board, regional boards, whatever position we're in, uh, everything that we do has to be done first on our soul health. You got to keep your soul healthy. What does that mean? Well, let's just talk about things that disrupt our enemies of Christ. Um, we can throw them out. I think that everybody's got their own, but I'd say that probably control issues. Uh, I think uh, unforgiveness is a big one. I think uh, issues with men would be lust, impure thoughts. Uh, I think uh, relationships that are that are. Uh, need of repair, 
Because you see, God is always going to be talking to us about us, ourselves, before he, he uses us to help other people. And so you just said, uh, I think the question was, how can you be led by the Holy Spirit? How can you hear the Holy Spirit? Well, that's one time. So in order to be able to hear him, then you have to be right with him. And so it's the message of the vine. You know, we as men, we oftentimes go to how can I bear fruit? What do I need to do? How can I do it? How can I do it better? And that's just the way we that's the way we think. But we have to go to the message of vine. And he said, you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. So what does that mean? Abide in him means the soul health. We have to keep ourselves, our hearts in the right place. And uh, now when we do that, I believe there's an anointing. I think it's an anointing on the leader, the leadership. And I think it, it, it reaches the people around us. And that's what we model as guides. We, we model the journey by our own pursuit of our relationship with him, deepening, every deepening with him. And then when we do that, then that enables us to be effective guides. Well, and what it, kind of what I'm hearing is that, and one of our values is that, you know, when you're a, when you're a guide, you're still on the journey. It's not like you've graduated, you know, from being a participant. So now, now you can just kind of be the leader. You know, you know, you're still on the journey. Yeah. The best guides are still on the journey. They're they're abiding. They're journaling, <clears throat> even doing the assignments that the guys are doing to kind of help themselves. Because it's not like you ever arrive. <clears throat> You know, we're exempt from that kind of stuff, right? I'm going through the best one of my 20 years right now, what I'm doing now. And when I when I went into it, I did it with the intentionality, this is for me. Because I've been, you know, I've had a hectic, busy ministry that's been going along and been fruitful, been good. But, you know, you, you can, you can uh, find yourself in a, in a place that you're not really listening, not healthy, if you don't watch out for your soul. Having other people watch out for your soul, that's a good thing, too. But, you know, it just begins on that. It just begins with our relationship with him. Everything is inside out. And as guides, we, we understand the dynamic that's necessary. And then we will have tension all the time. We'll have, we'll have um, challenges to this all the time. But it's in the challenges that we grow strong, we grow weak, grow, go, go wise. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how we get better at what we do. So how, do, how does that translate into leading a group of guys, you know, from your facilitation of the group to your preparation for the group to, uh, to outside of group discussion time, how you're interacting with the guys? I mean, how does being spirit-led translate into those practical parts of being a guide. Is this still coming at me? Yeah, man, yeah. And, and, and again, anyone else who wants to jump in, I want to hear from anyone who's got some thoughts about this. Well, from a practical standpoint, it makes me sensitive. You know, I can, I sense, I sense people. You know, when you do it enough, you start, you start looking a person in the face and the eyes, you can see it in their heart, you hear it through their voice. And the more you're with them, you begin to take up a you know, feel for them. I think the Spirit does give you that discernment. Now, I have learned uh, only in the last couple of years that he's given me discernment, but I, had, I have not done well with what I knew. And then I felt his grief 
because I think that one of the key things about discernment is prayer and to know how to pray for somebody. I think that, I think what we've got to do as guides is we have to be encouragers. That's the, the main component in what we do is we encourage. Even with truth, we can encourage. Um, you know, I was telling Thomas, joking with him, that the definition of understand is to stand under. And discipleship is messy. So we enter into a person in their in their life, and uh, and and it is challenging to them. That's why we've got to be always so healthy because we sometimes we're in some tough spot and it gets us emotional. But I think that what I do, I don't know if there's a if there's a gift aspect with me that I have that. I don't want to project it on other people. But even before the journey, I enjoyed getting with men and taking them to lunch or getting coffee with them and just checking them out. How you doing? Tell me, how's your day? What are you challenged with right now? And in helping them, I helped myself. I felt like I was, you know, I was involved with being a part of God's reach to them, that he's reaching me as well. And it's the same way now. I take my guys in the journey group, and I'm always kind of, Let's get lunch, just get coffee, let's talk, mm-hmm. following that up. And um, I, I like doing it, and it means a lot to me because they have a story, and I want to hear their story. Well, and I, I think uh, you talked about prayer, and I think that's a huge part of it in our own personal prayer. But even as a guide, you know, even before the group starts, you start praying for who, who God wants to be in your group. And so he ends up sending you guys. You guys have seen that dynamic. I've had guys who say they didn't pray, and then they just did it all in their own strength. And they said it was probably the worst group they've ever had or fizzled out. And then they, when they prayed about it, they got better, better guys. God sends them the guys. And you know, God knows what those guys are going to go through. God knows, God knows. Um, Frank, can you mute yourself, please? There's a little button in your top right-hand corner. You can hit mute. Yeah, I had to switch over to to the off the computer because it was too scattery. So anyway, I'm on my iPhone now. So okay. and we can see your face now, too. So. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but no, okay. <laughs> Let me pull my hair. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so, you know, I think you – so – it's a good idea, I believe, to be praying all the time throughout the group and praying before you leave the session, praying for the guys. And what I find is that um, God starts reminding, he kind of helps you know who you need to check on, like who's in danger, who's who's struggling or whatever. And, and I've had guides who uh, were prompted to call somebody, you know, and, and, and found out that it was a guy's critical moment or something. I mean, I mean as dramatic as... Uh, in Tulsa, there was a guy that uh, was about to commit suicide, and one of my co-guides felt prompted to call him, and they ended up in a lifeline for him. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, that's scary to think. And we, but we don't know. We don't know what these guys are dealing with in their private, quiet, desperate hours. You know, when they're not around. So, so being spirit led, I think, means really listening. And, and if God's putting someone in your heart, checking on them. You know. And, and like Rocky said, going as far as to go have lunch with them. I think that's a, it's great. So they know most guys don't have anyone in their life who's calling them up saying, hey, you want to go to lunch with no agenda? Yeah. Every time a guy asks to go to lunch, they almost always have something. OK, what well, you're waiting for him to go. OK, what's this about? You know, what's the ask? You know, and uh, very few guys have anyone just saying, hey, I just want to check how you're doing. 
And that's just a rare thing in today's world. So, um, so you know, also, I, oh yeah, go ahead. Right, I think that uh, prayer is the key. Yes. Is absolutely the key to everything that you do, whether it's guiding a journey group or doing something else. But if you guide the journey group, you've got to pray for the people, ask God to bring them to you. When He starts bringing people to you, start praying for them by name. Then you, at some point, you're going to give the journey to the inner chamber, and you're going to continue to pray for them. If they accept and they say, yeah, I want to go through the journey, you still continue to pray for them every day as they go through the journey <clears throat> because you're finding out things about them that, that, that need prayer, that can help them. So you start praying for those things that, that they've revealed when they became transparent. I mean, just every step of the way, I can't tell you how important prayer is. I mean, it just, yeah, and that's inviting the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, in, you know, absolutely. To, well, and I think another thing is, um, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this. So when you're guiding a session, you know, you got your manual and prepared and you look at all the questions and you kind of have your game plan. Sometimes when you're guide, you'll divvy up the lesson. Once you take this part, I'll take this part, whatever. And then you get in there and you know how the conversations kind of go all over the place and it all depends on what's going on in life some guys are, if a guy's in a major struggle i mean i had one group one time where as soon as we gathered i could tell one guy was something was not right and he had just found out his wife had been having a, a long-term affair the night before and and you know i'm kind of an a-type personality so i could have said well hey jim we'll get with you later i, I gotta get to question one in the in the manual you know i mean i could have easily done that Sadly to admit, um, thankfully I didn't. Thankfully I was, I hope spirit led and we gathered around this guy and ministered to him. And then we went back to our lesson after we spent a little time loving on him. But uh, how, do you, how do you guys find that works? Trying to be spirit led in, in managing your discussions and managing a, the time that you have allotted. And you know, you're not gonna get to every question and all that. I'd like to hear from you guys. What, is that a challenge or is that, do you find that easy? I, I find it a challenge. Uh, I'm kind of a lot like you. This is my second group to lead, so I'm a lot, I think now I'm a little more flexible with it. As a matter of fact, we haven't, we're on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and we haven't moved off of that in two sessions. And uh, and I'm just, again, turning over to the Holy Spirit to lead it. And uh, but, but there's a balance, because, you know, you want to get, you know, at some point you want to get to an end. You have our group, we have several generations in there and I feel like the young guys want to know when is this going to be over because I'm really busy and <laughs> I'm starting to see some attendance wane a little bit and mm -hmm. you know you, you keeping up with everybody's pace you know or acceptance of pace is, is kind of a challenge so I just I try to let it just go and go and and if the spirit says, hey, we need to bring this one in and move on, hey, I had to remind the group. I mean, I was the one that got charged up on the Holy Spirit at the last meeting. It was, I mean, I learned so much just in the previous yeah. week's study that it was just pouring out. I'm still sick inside. So. <laughs> and this was your second time to leave? Yes. Okay. So third time total to go through the journey? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
Still learning new things. Uh, this I'm I'm well. I've been a Christian for you know several years, so I'm just just the revealing of the the purpose and the impact of the Holy Spirit has just been it's been life changing over the last last study through it. You find yourself listening more than talking, right? Whenever you're, you know, I mean, it's God. God is talking to you through the Holy Spirit, and you got to be listening. If you don't listen, you miss it. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is one of the hardest things to to um, articulate or get the point across about journeys different from most uh, uh, studies or uh, discipleship efforts. Um, and and it's it's a it's a, only a word, but it's, it's a big meaning. And it's and it is it's not a program. It is a process. If it's a program, it's going to have a time schedule and you have to check it off and it's do, 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 do. And one of the problems that we have with modern day discipleship is it's pro program driven. It's about knowledge, it's about being on time, it's about starting and ending. And oftentimes you, it doesn't give you time to let the Holy Spirit hang out with on something. And we have to be we have to be comfortable with letting letting him dictate the pace. And yeah, it's a nine month thing. And people say they won't hang in there for nine months. And well, the ones who really are getting something out of it will hang in there. Because and and the other thing is that you can't look at whether the your numbers leave you because they're losing interest as a value. That's not a value. It's not something that you say that that's something bad. In fact, it could be good because it's a, it's called pruning. And and I have seen you know large groups start and they prune down to smaller groups, but the, what's left has been dynamic, and they reproduce many times over. So this is our philosophy: start small, go deep, pray big, be comfortable with that. I don't know if I can say this, Rocky, but you're leading a group and. I mean, I would think most people would think, well, I'd love to go through the journey of Rocky. He wrote the whole thing. And you've still had dropouts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it should give guys encouragement that, hey, we just trust the process and we trust the Holy Spirit. In what <clears throat> we have a, a, um, two men, Chuck and Charles, who have been doing it together for years here. And they've had large groups and they've had dynamic fewer in one of these groups. Twice. Twice. And I've just talked to them this past week and they said they're, they're kind of discouraged. I said, why is that? Because we don't have a lot of guys who are, you know, not, they're checking out on us. And I said, well, I said, you can have good groups and you can have groups that aren't so good, but you got some that are still here. And uh, we're always going to be tested on that. And our mission is to stay so healthy. And then to get people into a soul healthy place, and it's a process to do so. You can't program it. It won't happen. I mean, I've had other people try to program the journey, and uh, it won't do. It's not a rubber stamp deal. You can't pour it in a moment. Right. It's always dependent on the Holy Spirit and prayer. There's something there I can't. I, I tell them all the time that I can't. I can tell you this: if you will make your way to seek after Christ. In an abiding relationship, he'll meet you halfway. But if we don't go, you know, we're going to limit ourselves, not him. <clears throat> and so we're dependent on them. 
So we just yeah, I think going. I did a better job of, of emphasizing that it's a, it's a we're just teaching you how to study the Bible, come to your own journey, your own acceptance. You know, I explained how being a young Christian sitting in the pew and waiting for that guy up there to bring me to God, you know, and some days it worked and some Sundays it didn't. But this is this teach you how to, you know, to get your own relationship with Christ. Right. I took something you said in one of the postings recently about this isn't a support group. And I and I, I, I rolled that out to the group and you, it, it was what, what? Well, it is a support group. I consider this a support group. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe my delivery should have been fine. Though. But I, I really felt uh, I was beginning to feel a lot like a Sunday school teacher, you know? And, uh, and you must be talking too much. Well, to, to your point, I mean, the silence, silence drives me crazy. And so I've gotten better with it. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, just to remind the group, this is a process. This is this is this shows you how to study the Bible. Yeah. I don't mind asking a question and just letting the room be silent. And then and then if nobody speaks up, I'll say, Michael, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, get some going. The only problem you have is being silent. <laughs> being silent. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about He'll even call on his really hurt. Call on his <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think about that? And I thought, well, I thought this was for everybody else, Tom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready, man. Hold on. <laughs> no, I was just trying to put out the balance. You got as a guide, you gotta make sure you're not dominating the conversation. Yeah. As a guide, you gotta make sure the Conversations making progress. People are giving you their time. You got to respect that too. And as a leader, they want, they expect you to channel those. I mean, we we we're a heavy college football group, and we spend the first forty five minutes up until the you know the the Tigers won. You know, talking about college football, and we had thirty minutes to do our lesson. So you got to. Some people want to got be guided along. You have to control those, manage those conversations. And see, this was the this is what the problem that I noticed in before I learned about the journey. All I knew about small groups was either community groups for my church mm-hmm. or accountability groups. And and most accountability groups I knew they were supposed to be this real transparent group of guys you could share everything with, and they'd pray for you and all that. But it ended up being football discussions, ended up being a lot of other things, and nobody was very deep at all, and nobody was very transparent. And nobody, most of the guys weren't even in the word, really. You know, so I'm like, what are we doing here, really? You know, just trying to feel good about each other so we can go on this week. Um, but I think what, when when we said, I think you're talking about the journey guide tip. We said this isn't a support group. Right. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, I think it's a difference between horizontal versus vertical. Oh, definitely. You know, because, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and a lot of guys would argue that. They'd say, like your guys here, and I'd have other guys in other regions, even leaders might argue that because they think, man, if everybody's sharing their soul and bearing their soul, and we're, we're all talking about our dirt. You know, that was a good group. That was a good meeting, you know, because everyone got transparent. Not necessarily, you know, because if, if the group is the crutch, you know, and it's all about coming here and feel good about ourselves, we might be short circuiting guys learning to stand on their own and learning to abide and in learning that their support needs to come from the Lord, not this group. At least that's what I think. Rocky, what would you say about that? Yeah. I mean, again, I, this is in the early stages, we, we were thinking you'd have to have six people, and that's about all you want in a journey group. 
And but then we're always saying, you know, that one of the DNAs of the journey is vertically oriented, grace driven. And grace driven means not going to require of you anything. We're going to be messengers. We're going to show you the way. But we're going to be oriented vertically to build a relationship with Him, not with each other. But we believe that building it here as a group creates this horizontal dimension. So it's all about that. And and then uh, we found that we could have larger groups uh, because it was vertically oriented. And then you could have these uh, uh, virtual groups because it's vertically oriented. Because you can't have a horizontally driven group, an encountering group with virtual group, and it worked because there's no touchy-feely. You can be vertically oriented because that's what this is. the journey is all about. You know, I've found, Rocky, that the virtual group, they become transparent quicker and uh, because they feel even less threatened than they do if they're in a room like this all gathered together. And uh, and I've, I've also found that they uh, pray for each other a lot more. <laughs> so I think they connect very well. Yeah. I, I, I probably don't necessarily agree with what you just said. Well, I don't think you heard me. Let me restate it because I think you will when you, when you hear what I'm saying. Uh, I want to give you some history. Uh, I had a years ago, I had, uh, I was involved with discipleship programs, navigators and navigators have real good material. And I did the class in two seven study for years. And I had many, many, many men and, and, and young women I took through as well. And it was driven by uh, accountability, accountability, diverse memorization to having quiet times, the whole concept of it. They couldn't graduate unless they had all this stuff. And I checked them off. I mean, that was what was required. So it was not a grace driven process. And I, and I felt like there was something missing there. Uh, and what was missing is they were not connecting with the heart. So, so I knew that it had to be more than horizontally driven. And then I've had uh, men's groups where they had E-teams. And these are E-teams. They get together and they say, let's talk about our daddy wounds. That's a big one. Or let's talk about um, the, our, our, our strongest temptations. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's, let's be transparent. Let's be honest. Those are all good intentions, but I've seen them fail. Because horizontal accountability will not keep you accountable when you're away from each other. Because you have your thought structure, your thought life. You have all the things that come at you. So what God showed me was that in order to change the heart of a person, you don't do it outside in, you do it inside out. You connect him, his heart with, with our heart. And it's this vertical accountability that bears the fruit. And so the emphasis is on the vertical accountability with him, not to be propped up by the horizontal relationships that we have. If you find it, most men's ministries have been driven toward horizontal relationship building. Everything from let's go fly fishing for Jesus, ride motorcycles, call ourselves a Christian motorcycle club. And every one of those things are good. That's no problem with that. Although I'll tell you that no matter what form they use, if they will change their emphasis from building relationship this way and use that forum to build a relationship this way, they will produce a disciple. But if they don't, all they do at best. 
Well, and you said uh, when I <clears throat> were coaching me up in my very first group, when we had 15 guys in Tulsa, and Rocky, you explained the marriage triangle to me, which I've never heard before, where you know, man and wife are here and God's at the top. I don't know it, they might not know it. Yeah, I mean, basically, imagine a triangle. God is our where we're trying to go vertically. Um, and, and if you had a man and a woman over here, you know, if they, had, they can try to grow close to each other this way, which is horizontal, and stay far from God, right? But if they start moving up toward God individually, the distance between each other shortens. And uh, it's very simple. Uh, and I believe when he told me, I said, well, I, I see that with a man and a woman, but I wasn't sure I believed it with a group. And you said the same thing will happen to a group. And I wasn't sure I believed it, but I, but I was okay. Well, let's see with 15 guys. But I saw it. I saw it happen. We were we were vertical oriented the whole time, and I saw the walls fall down. So I actually saw better attendance at my meetings than I'd ever seen with my group of six guys for accountability. And I saw more transparency, and I saw more friendships develop than I ever saw with accountability for years of doing accountability groups. And, and that's so, what I'm talking about. And 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 here's the thing that's uh, I think unique is that you had every denomination represented mm -hmm. in there. And they were strong leaders in their own denomination. Mm -hmm. And normally, if you're horizontally driven, you're going to have denominational differences. Mm -hmm. You're going to have racial differences. <clears throat> you're going to have cultural differences. And those things stand in the way of relationships. But when we're vertically oriented, and it's about Jesus, we have that in common. So when we begin moving that way, those walls fall. And, and it, it was a beautiful I'll cite to see that in your group, and we've seen that since then. And I don't, want to, I don't want to get misinterpreted that means that we don't care about the guys in the group not being a support group, I and mean, you still care about them. And, and if a guy's got a special need, sometimes you might want to go reach out to him after group, outside of group, and do a little bit of mentoring as a guide, or just care, just hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? You know, but but if the whole group's been on dominating on issues and all that, you might get off course. God's word and what the spirit wants to accomplish. So yeah. I think from I've personally experienced doing a journey group with the wrong goal in mind. Um, I've experienced putting together a journey group because the couple journey groups I had been through, I had God, God just transformed me in an amazing way. And so my goal was to get as many guys as possible through a journey group. Instead of my goal should have been to uh, to get closer to Jesus for myself and then bring guys in. And so I think just what I'm hearing you guys say and, and what has helped me in the midst of doing journey groups now when I'm trying to let it be as spirit led as possible and listening to the conversation going on is as soon as we start to as soon as the conversation especially starts to move away from abiding in Jesus and, and how do we draw closer to him, some of these practical things we're doing. And, and then there's also theological and, and doctrinal discussion. Sometimes it'll come up. But but I think realizing that the goal of a guide is to keep us on that mission of abiding in Christ. Am I off base on that? Mm, no, that's the whole thing. That was kind of where you started with this keeping your soul healthy will make you a better guide. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so my goal of doing a journey group is I want to know Christ better. 
and hey, I want to invite you to come with me. Let's go on this journey together. Yeah, I've done this this curriculum now seven times, you know, and it's it it's a curriculum. But my goal is to know Jesus better, not to just do a journey group. Whereas the first time I did it, my goal is to get as many people through the journey as I could and get this journey because man, God changed me with it. And it, it's it's a very fine difference, I think, there. Um, because I, I also don't want to you know take away the value of the curriculum in itself, but I was, I was, I don't know, maybe just off target a little bit or confused. And the first journey group really went from 24 to six <laughs> quickly. <laughs> and uh, that was tough. So I uh, learned a lot though. It was, it was, I needed that. I needed that. Yeah. It was like a punch to the gut really it was that I needed several in a row for a long time. It was a redirection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's important, though, when you start the group, you've prayed for them, God's helped to bring these people to you, that you uh, that you be very straightforward about the purpose of this is to take you where others of us have been into the proximity of Christ and let him draw you on into a, a abiding relationship. Mm -hmm. I think you got to be you got to be straightforward about that. Yeah, I don't think you can mess around with that at all, <clears throat> because guides might be afraid to sell it too hard because they're afraid guys will drop out. Right? If if it if it sounds too spiritual or too intense, guys might not. So we tend to want to promote it and sell it in yeah. a easy way. I'm or just something. laughing because I don't know if I did that because um, so Sean and I we're just in the process of going through the journey of the inner chamber, like the kind of six week introduction. And um, I told the guys, I said, you know, if you try to get closer to Christ, you're going to get the devil's attention. And I said, stuff will happen. Stuff will come up. I almost, almost guarantee it. So don't be surprised, yeah. you know, if something comes up and you feel like you can't make it, you got to power through. And when I said that, two or three of the guys were like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what I'm talking about. And they were in agreement with the warfare stuff. And I think some of the other guys kind of gave me that look like, you know, I knew what I was talking about, and so we I, may not be back. <laughs> I guess I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But, uh, yeah. but sure enough, though, yeah. I mean, our very first Tuesday. I mean, all kinds of stuff happened. Or no, Thursday, right? Yeah, because two things happened in my life that Wednesday. Yeah, two crazy things happened, and uh, but I knew, right? I knew. Well, this was just an attack, so I made it, powered through, got here. But the other guys, one of the guys did, I guess, Scott. Uh, so that's one thing. I'm I'm trying to figure out how do you without getting too deep into, right, the Holy Spirit and spiritual warfare, how do you... Well, you don't have to do that. Yeah, how do you tell guys to power you, through? You, I mean, you, just, you don't have to talk about that. You just talk about, this is what God's done in my life and Chris's life and so on. And, you know, what we want to do is we want to pick Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where he said, go and make disciples. And that's what... That's what we're here to do. And uh, we want to take you guys on it. It's a nine-month journey. It took Jesus three and a half years with a group of men that uh, you know, uneducated. So, you know, and they got to spend life with him. And that's basically what we're going to do. And we want to take you into that same place where we are. And the other thing that's going to happen, guys, is when you get through, you're going to go and make disciples. <laughs> okay, you tell them that. <laughs> you let them know that that's what that's what uh, 
they're supposed to do. That's their sacred responsibility. You get into that at some point in, in, the, uh, in the journey. But I think you tell them these things up front so that they're not surprised. And, and they're thinking about it as they go, go through the journey. So they know that this is where they've got to go. You know, Jesus um, had a, a pretty intriguing process with the disciples. He says, come and see. And then he said, come and stay. Then he said, come and die. So that you may live. And so, you know, I'm just throw this out here. Maybe, maybe we'll get a little too heady up front. Because what I do... Uh, when we began the sixth week, I just wanted it to be a fun uh, book read. And then when we get into it, just say that, all right, let's, let's just see if we can discover the theology in here. What do you think? And show them that. And, it, and, and nothing in there is heavy, it's just fun, kind of, you know, and it's enlightening to them. And, and the invitation is, okay, now we've got a nine-month challenge ahead of us, but it, all you had is a little nicer. And so uh, if you trust me in this, if you trust the process, it's going to be given to you, then you'd like to have a major life change. Now, if you look at the way the journey is designed, it's designed with foundations. You know, we build foundations and we build on it each time. And I think we mess up when we try to talk to them about what's going to happen way down the road. You know, we need to we need to consider where they are and then let them move easily along. So don't don't jump over the process because of enthusiasm, because of what you want to do and all that. Remember where you were. And remember they just need to have little bite size right now. You're a disciple, right? So you gotta give them baby food. And then as they begin to grow, they get hungry, hungry, hungry. And by the time you get into the, the core of it, which is abiding, now they're really hungry. So you got to build momentum slowly like that. You don't want to rush it. So make it fun. Make it enjoyable. Um, and then as you do, if you spend nine months with them like that, then the vision of the man that they will be one day, which will be to be a disciple maker, be a reproducer, will emerge. But if we lay it on too quick, then they could, you know, they're going to become performance driven. Whereas we want them to get into the grace, into the relationship, into the intimacy, and let it grow out of that. And uh, that that's kind of my take on the way it was unpacked to me and the groups that I always do follow that. And I, and I that's a hard thing as a guide yeah. to, to hold your reins back a little bit because you're so excited, like you said, and you, you've had all this revelation and you can't wait for the guys to get there, but you have to slow down. And I, one thing I would say that helps you do that is following the manual. Follow the process. And see what happens, a lot of guys, they think, oh, that's great, and well, we don't need that manual. We'll just kind of use that as a reference guide and let's just let's just take off. And, I, and I'm always kind of going, guys, trust the manual because it was written with a purpose and, and it worked for you, you know, and it keeps you on a pace. The manual keeps you on the pace to kind of hold your reins back and let it develop, I think. And I see guys make the mistake of discounting the manual a little bit and just trying to just run with it. you know. And then it doesn't become the journey. Then it's something totally different. So I have this great group 
And most of them there because what they heard in other people. And right now we have a great momentum out there because there's a lot of life change. I mean, they just see it. They're seeing lives like this one has just been transformed and they know the old Tom. And what's this new guy walking around? This one I want to keep. I love this <laughs> And so they're seeing all kinds of transformations going on around here. And, uh, and that makes them enthusiastic for wanting to get in to be the finished product as quick as possible. Remember, that's our problem. Give me the bottom line. I don't want to go through the process. Just pour it into me. Make it easy for me. If I can I buy it? I'll do that. Discipleship's not that way. It's a nurturing, a nurturing, nurturing. So we got to, We have to be in pace with the Holy Spirit. You said that a while ago. Why are we talking about the Holy Spirit? Because he slows us down. We want him, them to learn how to listen to him. We don't want to spoon feed them. We don't want to tell them the way they're supposed to be. We want them to learn his voice. And so just trust the rhythm of it, uh, the pace of it. Because he gave us that. He gave us the he gave us the journey. He gave us in the DNA of the journey is about it's vertically oriented, it's grace driven, but also there's a pace. There's a pace in the DNA. DNA to the pace. It's not meant to just do it quick. We've had people say, Well, I'm gonna knock this thing out in 20 weeks. Why nine months? We can do it just like that. Get it over in there when we're ready to go. Now let's go make a cycle. It doesn't work. And so, you know, it's similar to uh, we get phone calls all the time and people are wanting to start journey groups. And we, and we have some great guys that God raises up that are champions. And uh, and a lot of these guys are like, man, we're going to do this big. We're going to we're going to get 20 groups started. And, you know, next week, you know, we're going to do a big cookout. And I mean, you know, they get all these ideas. And we're always like, hold on. Hold on, big boy. <laughs> and Rocky's got a famous phrase. The way to do this right is start small. Go deep and pray big. Start with one group. Don't try to do 20 groups. Start with one solid group. Do it right and then watch what happens. And we've seen it over again. If you build a strong foundation, great things happen. Um, and I've seen guys just order a whole bunch of manual, you know, a bunch of materials and just dive in. And then then they wonder what happened. You know, then it, was, then it was a season that they just, they didn't get it. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. So And they didn't get any guide training. They just like dove in and all that. So. Ray, uh, did you have a question a minute ago? So I wanted Ray's from uh, Yakima, right? Yakima, Washington, way up in the north uh, west corner of the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been, we started out uh, about five or six years ago, and uh, so we've run several journey groups through here, uh, loving it. I mean, our our moments together are spirit filled. I mean, they are great. Um, so I was just kind of you know, listen to what Rocky had to say. And I love the triangle thing. I had not seen the triangle. I seen the triangle thing in regards to marriage, but I had never saw it in regards to a group. But the more I think about that, the more I think that, that is exactly what's happening um, on a vertical kind of a basis. And, um, you know, when we launch into right now, we're in the middle of orphan no more. And um we're in about chapter 10, or we're about running into hindrances at this, at this moment, but um, it, it's, it's electrifying at times uh, to have the guys. Um, we start off each of, the, each of the sessions with, in order to get away from talking about football for half an hour, <laughs> we, uh, we start right off with reading the chapter. So if we're in a chapter nine, for example, if you're in 
into God is able or whatever. We just we just kind of open up with prayer and then we just dive right in. And we sometimes we just kind of have one guy read the first paragraph, the next guy read the second paragraph, and almost it sets it up and sets the evening up for conversation and we shift right into you know what the message is about. So um anyway that's about all i have to offer at the moment it's it's like i said the holy to to be in a group now five or six years and to watch the holy spirit work is really is really as a leader of the group myself it is fascinating to watch and let the holy spirit work through the different guys at different times and uh, like you said don't try to preach you got to jump in once in a while and kind of keep keep the guys on track Sure, um, but have each one of them, you know, begin to share what they learned or what they see in the chapter, and really, re- we really emphasize when you read a chapter, underline things that God is speaking to you about, and then a lot of times we'll go around and have them share. Okay, we're on page seventy-four. Uh, what did you underline, or what what really jumped out at you, and have the different guys kind of share that. So that's how we kind of stay on track, keep keep the guys involved, and. Um, and and it, it works really really great yeah so thank you very much for being here today i'm loving listening to this conversation and ray you moved up to yakima how, how many years ago it was actually well, originally I'm re- yeah i'm originally from yakima oh are you um, yes originally from here i had worked in seattle for a while in banking and and ski shops in sun valley idaho and then finally came back in my mid-30s into back to the family farm uh, right we raised hops up here for third generation. So I came back into the family farm and, and so, yeah, so that's kind of my background, I, but I could go on for a long time, but I well, Ray, I, I, think, I do think it's interesting for them to know uh, you're part of a Catholic church and you guys have seen a uh, revival of sorts at your church, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> we kind of come from the pay, pray and obey crowd. Um, you know the leadership's top down now we'll tell you what to think do and pray and how to pray and in fact we'll pray just you just listen so (laughs) so it's quite a marvelous thing to see a bunch of guys that are hungry for developing their own spiritual life and it can be done and that this is god's word and he does speak to you personally and he can be your good shepherd and (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, it's quite a discovery thing it's like taking you know i mean when you're raising the faith all your life and then to, all of a sudden you know to be confronted with you could have a personal relationship with christ to uh, personal like him and me you know it's like everybody's going, <laughs> everybody's going um well i thought god was kind of up there someplace else and uh <laughs> no you can because <laughs> then they're curious well, how do you do that? Or what do you do? And so anyway, they, this new, uh, what is it? This new star method. Um, I handed out this fall. I handed out, I went down and bought a bunch of journals and handed them out to the guys. They, okay, we're going to do star this year. So this is how this works. And so a lot of them have started to pick up on that too. So they can get this whole idea of making God's word personal, listening to particular scripture expressing their own thoughts, see how it applies, uh, and then have an ending prayer with with God and making that uh, personal uh, kind of an experience. So they, we're they having kinda, fun. I'm having kinda, a blast. 
they kind of eased into the journey um, using the books, mainly using the stories, I think. And then I've been I've been challenging these guys to to use the manual because because mm -hmm. and so you know you guys are you guys are doing a good job and you're seeing some great life change, which is great. So, Ray, yeah. I am so proud of you, buddy. I just uh, I said you're hearing you and and what you're doing and how you're trailblazing and it just man, it just blesses my heart like crazy. I want to come up there uh, to Yakima and worship with you guys one day. That would be that would be great. We'd love it. <laughs> We'd love it. Yeah, Rocky. Um, you know, we t we spend an entire nine months just on the journey into the end of the chamber, Did and you? we take it one we take one chapter at a time, and and you know you can dive into any one of those chapters and uh, you know spend a lot of time growing. And and I think the pay, pray, and obey crowd that you know to have them begin to experience you know the personal. Uh, experience of going through the journey is 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 quite a quite an experience. Can I ask you one question here? And because sure. I'm very very excited about what's going on, uh, how does your how does your priest feel about it? Is he is he fan? <laughs> well, of the we gave him, yeah. yeah, we gave him the journey series, and here's the four books. Take a look at it. What do you think? And he kind of glanced at him and said, "Well, it looks okay to me." Um, is there is there are there any bishops or is there a church having a fit about this particular group or this particular uh, method of doing stuff, and we said, "Well, no, there's no opposition to it anywhere." Well, okay, fine, Danny, you got my blessing. He hasn't gone through the journey, so he hasn't read the four books, but he glanced at them and thought, "Well, it doesn't look too far out." So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ray, I'll just tell you this: if you if you ever get called up to the Vatican, I'll go with you, and you and I can talk. Okay. About, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I think we have a pope that thinks a lot along the same lines that we're doing here. You know, uh -huh. we there's a pope out there now that's talking about Jesus and is talking about the Holy Spirit and is kind of would like to push back against a heck of a lot of entrenched tradition. Word, what would tradition? And, yeah, and get into a more personal relationship. You've, I read a couple of his new books that he's come out with, and that's right off the bat is he's talking about. You know, it's time for us to, to get into our personal relationship with Christ and set some of this other stuff aside. And that's because it's got to be the prominent thing that's in our life. So three cheers for him for leading that uh, charge. Yeah, Against a lot of probably a lot of traditional people in the church that are very, you know, embedded in uh, in the tradition and in into the horizontal and into the intellectual and, and uh, aspect of things. So. Dynamic church. What can I say? Well, you keep following God, and he'll 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 use you greatly as he's doing. So yeah, yeah. Bless you, brother. Well, thank you very much. Well, does anyone have any other questions? I I think an hour is probably a good enough time to do this once a month. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I know some of you guys got to get back to work. Is there any other questions while we're got a good? I thought when you guys were talking about people trying to get the journey done quicker, right? It made me think of like a college course load, right? If you went and take 15 to 18 credit hours and you told somebody, no, I want to do 35, they'd say, no, that's stupid. That's crazy, right? Right. So I think it's kind of that same, like you can't, right, you can't rush it. Like if you try to do 30, 35 credit hours in college, yeah. you get D's, maybe C's, you wouldn't, right, get the learning. So that was just kind of an analogy that I thought of the guys may be able to easily no. Well, and and, it, and what we uh, what we tend to call things like that, we call it a hybrid. 
it's not the journey the way it was inspired. It's kind of somebody's hybrid of it. And what we also find is those things don't really reproduce very well. They don't. I, I had a church in Tulsa that that they did it as a part of their Wednesday night Bible study. And yeah, they just they wanted to meet every week and just do one session per week and just kind of knock it out as quick as possible. And it didn't reproduce. You know, none of the guys really. I'm sure there's some good that seed that was planted, but mm-hmm. but no one really reproduced it after all that. So. And we're kind of glad it didn't because it'd be the wrong model, you know. So that's another thing is, however you do the journey, the guys that follow you will do it the way they learn it from you. So that puts a little bit of more of a weight of responsibility on the way you got a group because they're watching you. It's like you watched your, the guys who got a you. So just be faithful to the process. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the easiest thing. It's been hammered out over 20 years and, you know, and it's just faithful to the process and you'll see the fruit. Because it's not about the curriculum. It's not about a program. It's about proximity. And it's about moving someone into close proximity. Yeah. That's our mission right there. Yeah. So, and uh, you started us off talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, I, what I've experienced in the, in the groups that I've done, and uh, going, through, going through it the first time when I experienced it, was I didn't have a clue who the Holy Spirit was. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how many guys that have been Christians for a long mm-hmm. time yeah. don't know who the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. They don't know he lives inside of them. Mm-hmm. They don't know, you know, they just don't understand. And I think when you go and start going through the abiding and you get to the Holy Spirit portion, you need to spend enough time for these guys to have an understanding as to who the Holy Spirit is that you can pray to him. You can talk to him. You know, he's talking to you. He's, you know, you may not hear words, but you're going to have stuff coming into your head that you didn't have coming into your head before. (laughs) And you'll have thoughts that you didn't have. And uh, I just don't think we can emphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit and listening to him and being obedient. But I, but I, to Ronnie's earlier point, it kind of has a flow, you know, where you don't bring up the Holy Spirit till about, you know, midway yeah. of the second, because by that time they're understanding intimacy with the Father. They're starting to understand a little bit about this abiding, and they start going, ah, that's where the Holy Spirit comes into the whole thing, you know. So it all has a rhythm, and a, and it really makes sense to the guys. I was meeting with a group of women last week. Uh, and uh, it was one of those places where they're there for nine months because they're going through uh, kind of a rehab thing. Uh, well, where was it? You remember that where we were? You, you started yeah, the, the mission and downtown. The mission, yeah. yeah. There's about 30 women going through a journey group there. And uh, it was really good. And, and there was one lady that was asked a question and, and and I began to answer it. And then there was another lady that jumped in and said, now here's what he's saying. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she I think she she was taking it on herself to think this woman needed an answer directly. And I stopped her. I said, no, wait a minute. Don't you understand how I answer a question? I answer a question by building a foundation under it. So if I'm going to make a point, then I'm going to give you a theological explanation how I come to that. And then when I answer that, this was very important to understand it. That's the way we do with the journey. We build a foundation in the enlightened series before we ever get into these aspects of the Holy Spirit and abiding and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. You've got to have a foundation if you go too quick. And, but, you know, 
Uh, that's our tendency. Just tell them like it's supposed to be. That's right. Well, um, before we end this meeting, I just wanted to show you guys, since your guides, a couple new things. We redesigned the six-week uh, study guide. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty much the same content, but we changed a few things around, and it's spiral-bound and easier to use and all that. So just FYI, it's kind of cool. And uh, and we needed to order some more journey to the Inner Chamber books, and it's the same content, but we had it reformatted, so it's a little easier to read because the words were we're kind of tight on the pages and stuff. And so it's a little bit, change the font on the front. And like just FYI. We made a bigger book. It's actually thicker. <laughs> and uh, and then we created a little box for your guys who order a journey pack. Now it comes in a little box, the journey box. And on the inside is like a list of all your packing lists, which you're going to need on the journey. Cool. All that, when you would use the books and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'll help guys, you know, on, on their journey. So just creative ideas to try to, help make it again we made a few modifications recently but nothing has changed as far as the journey process just some enhancements to make it and some new books to make it easier to understand make it more user friendly more user friendly yeah so all right well let me uh let me close this in prayer and we'll we'll let you guys go here well father i i just want to thank you for the privilege of, of getting to be an influencer and uh, being a son and, and getting to be a disciple maker, Lord. And I, and I know these guys share that sentiment, Lord. And I, I thank you for, we've been praying, Rocky's been praying, but even before I came around, that I've been joining his prayer of praying that you'd raise up more leaders, that you raise up godly men and women who, who understand that the sacred responsibility to go make disciples. And these are such men right here. And I thank you for them. Pray your hand upon them. I pray you would just bless them. I pray your Holy Spirit would fill them up and guide them uh, in every session and, and everything that they do with their families. I pray, Lord, that they um, would keep abiding with you and stay close to you because you'll you'll show them what to do. And, and any challenges that come their way in their groups, you'll help them weather those storms and you're in the boat with them. And so uh, bless these men, protect them from the enemy, keep their marriages strong. Keep their relationship with their kids strong. Let that be their first ministry. And then and then let them show them how to love the people that you've entrusted to them, Father, and uh, and keep guiding them, Lord. And we just thank you for uh, all you're doing for us. We, we do it all for your good. Jesus, amen. 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 amen.